thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Good morning, Josh, Jen, George, and visitors. Thank you. Um, yeah, so in my preach, just real quick, since we have so many visitors here, um, which I didn't totally expect, but in my preach, I talk a lot about what we're learning in Josh Jen for 412. Um, but it's none of it is about Josh Jen or 412. This is about what, what we're experiencing seeing God's church being his church. And this extends throughout the world. This is, this is Christ's plan for, um, this is the hope of the world. And so when, if I speak specifically to what we're seeing um, in these, these Josh Jen congregations, um, that's just, that's our, our experience why we've been here. Um, but again, it doesn't have to do with Josh Jen. Uh, we are learning, um, we are learning so much from what we see about what the bride is supposed to look like. So that applies to us, whether you guys are in Josh Jen at another church or aren't in a church at all. So um, kind of want to start with that. Um, so as Chad said, I'm here with my family from America. Um, actually, you guys want to just come up real quick? We've got one asleep. He's probably not going to come up. But I'll just introduce them real quick. <laughs> this is my wife, Janet, uh, Haley. Sierra and Liberty, and we've got Trip over here, uh, Chaz the Third asleep. Worship tends to do that to him for some reason, um, but anyways, thank you guys for having us. We are just we felt so welcomed here and across the time that we've been here, and it's just been such a blessing to meet you guys all and feel like we have family halfway around the world. Um, and so, thanks for for having us. Um, so this is our first time here in George. We've been in the, the area for about 10 days. Uh, we were in Mossel Bay last week and then came to, to stay with the Lahainas. Um, la, 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 Lahanas? La, right? Okay. Lahaina is a, a, actually a, a spot in Hawaii, so forgive me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, we're from America. Can tell that because I don't have an accent, right? Um, and so, just a, a quick thing about us, uh, as as Chad always already said, I'm going to kind of give you our story now, now, which means, it, right? Like, not now, later. I, um, uh, but so we're from California. We've been here in South Africa for almost seven months now. Um, we came. Um, I don't want to give too much away now, but we've been here for seven months and um, traveling around, visiting all the churches, and just uh, God has just kind of blown our minds at what we've learned, um, what we've got to be a part of. You, you see me check, choke up. This is, yeah, man, God is changing our life. And so it's worth, some, it's worth being emotional about. I'm not going to pretend. So um, uh, you get a little bit of that. Um, So before I kind of go into everything, um, I'm not a preacher. I'm a, I'm a business guy from um, America again. And, uh, and um, you know, eventually we're going to go back to America and, like Chad said, plant a church. But Andrew's instructions to me before we go and get involved in that is to learn how to preach. And so your elders and Andrew have, and Mornay have trusted me and, uh, to use you guys as guinea pigs. <laughs> so... 
we're uh, this will be this will be a cool cool ride. Um, so um, this is the this is the third time I've preached. So uh, bear with me here. Uh, but I do feel like God has given me a message uh, for you guys. And um, so as much as I'm here kind of, you know, shorting my way through, through how to do this well and how to communicate to you guys well, God has put a message on my heart, and I, I really hope to communicate that clearly. Um, so, but all the responsibility is not on me. And um, Mike Davies, many of you guys know him, uh, gave me a quote one time. He said, a great preach isn't dependent on how well you communicate. It depends on what fruit it produces in the people you are communicating to. And so, it's not all on me. We're in this together. This is a family. And I know for sure, no matter what I say or how, how bad it is or anything like that, which is not going to be bad, but I am going to read the Word of God to you guys, and that should produce fruit on its own. So, um, so I appreciate you being in this with me. Um, so really, kind of what I want to go through, I'm going to go through our story, but, but the thing I want you guys to be asking yourself, and I want to ask you, is why are we all here? Like, why are we doing this? Why would my family come halfway across the world to put our lives on hold and come do this? Um, it's, a big, it's a big risk to us, actually. It's a big, there's a big cost that we're paying. My kids, are, you know, my kids have paid a big cost. Um, you'll actually hear from one of them later. Um, but, you know, like, why, why are we doing this? Um, why are you guys serving in kids' church? Or why are you guys, uh, um, you know, why are you, why are you here this morning? Um, you know, even if you've, if you've never been to church before, someone twisted your arm and got you here. I, I hope that you're encouraged on thing. Sorry, I tend to drop the mic a little too low. Um, anyways, uh, what I want to what I want to tell you about is is and encourage you in is why this is so worth it and what you guys are doing on a day to day basis and even being here, being part of the body, has massive significance that I don't think that um, that we we generally realize from, from a day-to-day, on a day-to-day basis. So um, I'm going to kind of start with our journey to South Africa, and that started about three years ago when Mervis, who, who a lot of you guys know, uh, Lucas Nakos, and a friend, Lon Wayland, one of my best friends, uh, who was leading Sunningdale AM at the time, came over to California, came to our community group, which uh, w- consisted of um, myself and Janet, who were elders in our church, um, uh, the lead pastor, and basically all the senior leadership of our church. So they came to minister to us, and Mervis sprinkled his Mervis dust on us and did his thing. <laughs> and we kind of, we, we, were, we were, didn't know what we just experienced. Um, and really, that, that one thing has kind of a direct trajectory to where we're, where, where I'm standing here right now. Um, and uh, so, you know, personally, personally, something shifted in me that night. And yeah, Mervis, Mervis prophesied, unlocked something in me that 
had been deep down here in, in my belly for, for really most of my life. And again, someone giving up his time. I mean, Mervis is away from his family a lot, guys. And gave up his time and came, you guys ministered to us. And really his, I mean, those types of little things you wouldn't, is, are going to change. I mean, it's going to change California. It's going to change America. We, can, we, get, we always already see that thing um, in progress and starting to happen. So anyways, uh, about five months later, the, the lead pastor, who's, who's one of my closest friends and I, his name's Bart, love the guy, um, he and I came down to Cape Town for a lead elders training and basically saw, saw, saw things that we, we couldn't necessarily, thank you. I wonder how long into preaching I'm going to get over this like crying thing because, man, uh, so we, we came down and, and we learned a lot and kind of saw things we couldn't unsee, to be honest. And so going back to um, California and a church that we had been a part of for 20 years, um, I just, I saw it in a, in a completely different lens um, and really, you know, a, a, a healthy unsettled, but also looking at the work ahead and just, Lord, like, what do we do with this? Um, and so about, I don't know, a week and a half after we got back here from here, COVID hit, shut the world down. That was kind of a start of a, um, a chain of events that really unraveled. I mean, churches worldwide, I think, but um, the American church got rocked. Um, it wasn't just COVID. It was, there was a lot of social things going on in the country. Um, you guys probably just realized, or I don't know if you realize, but America is a divided place, and the church is no less divided than, than um, the secular culture there. And it's really devastated the church in America. It's devastated America, but the church, um, man, it's, it's uh, it was a rough time, okay? Um, and so at the same time, um, I had still been talking to Andrew a lot and consulting him, trying to get, get him in to kind of build bridges with, with our leadership. Um, and he did a lot of kind of just advising. Uh, we, we weren't connected to 412 uh, officially, but, um, and through that time, a lot kind of happened. I'm not going to go into all that, but our, our time as elders kind of came to a natural end. Uh, and at the same time, God had started stirring in us, or had been stirring us for a while, um, a, a real desire to, to pull our family out of California for a while, to gain different perspective. As Chad said, the, the area we're from, it's a beautiful place, um, but it is very worldly and very affluent and has, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting place. And we just felt like we wanted to, to pull our family out of there for a while to get a different perspective. Um, slower pace, um, different values, different community. And so we, um, we decided that we were going to move to a place, uh, another state called Idaho, up into the, the mountains, like Chad said, um, to a place that we spend a lot of time in, uh, that we love. It's kind of a retreat, vacation place for us. Um, so our idea was to go there for a year, which is something that we had kind of talked about for a long time. And God opened the doors. Um, Little, little did we know, he was, 
starting to unravel us. And prepare us, actually, to like unravel us from our life and kind of unwound us in a way that we, I mean, we wanted to go there because we loved going there, but God really unwound us from a lot of things that we were attached to, a lot of ways that we were a lot like the world, to be honest, um, and started to give Janet and I a different perspective. Um, and, uh, and so that actually laid the groundwork. I don't think that if, had we not moved to Idaho, we would not be here today. There's, there's, there's really no, no way around it. And so this was God kind of preparing us for, for what was next for us. Um, and so we're in Idaho and God starts really stirring in my heart, um, a conviction that he made me for ministry, and um, this was a, a, a weird paradox for me because I'm in business. I've been in business for 20 years. I don't have a I don't have a desire to go work for a church. Um, I didn't have a lot of vision for what that meant, but God starts stirring this in me. Um, so I'm in business in California. I'm 14 hours away in in uh, in Idaho, um, feeling this call to ministry. I'm still in co communication with Andrew, uh, who's just been a a wonderful friend, this random dude from California that has no, I don't work at a church. Um, I don't have, I don't have a ministry. I have really nothing to offer him. And he's just been, I mean, all the guys here really have, have just been unreal friends willing to pour in and invest in us. Um, that's a little sidetrack, but um, so during this time, I'm, I'm communicating with Andrew uh, this desire to go into ministry or feeling like God's calling me into ministry. And he throws out this idea, crazy idea of, why don't you come down to, um, before you go jump into anything, come down to South Africa for six months with your family and just come absorb and learn from us. And honestly, we were, I was kind of like, yeah, Andrew, that's a great idea. But, <laughs> you know, not happening. Um, so thought he was a little bit crazy. Um, but we did take it seriously, and so we, we kind of started to pray about it. And one morning, I come out of my I come out of the bedroom, and Janet's already awake. Um, this is winter time in Idaho. Um, she's sitting on our our couch next to the crackling fire. Um, snow outside. It's like this idyllic like situation. I just love it. I love it there, guys. Um, and, you know, get my cup of coffee, go sit down, gonna settle in. Um, and Janet's kind of got this look on her face. And I'm just like, what's going on? She starts to tell me how, um, she, had, uh, she had opened her Bible in the morning, just going, Lord, where's, what, you know, lead me. Like, we're, we're in a little bit, we're wrestling, guys. Like, what does it mean to go, you know, not so much about Africa, but, more about like, Lord, are you calling us away from business into a completely different life um, to uh, in, in the ministry? And so she, she goes, you got you to gotta sit down and listen to this. I'm, I'm praying, Lord, where should I read this morning? And God, she feels like God tells her, open up Haggai of all places. Um, I don't even think I had read Haggai before, maybe. I, I probably like jammed through it on one of the daily Bible things. But um, so... Um, so she starts, starts reading to me, and, uh, 
And it starts talking about how the, the Jews who had been exiled uh, to Babylon and were finally allowed to come back to, um, to the promised land, there was a, a small group of them that actually came back to, initially. Um, and they were supposed to come back and start building the temple. And so they came back and started it, started building the walls. And then they got busy, and they got complacent, and they got um, kind of indifferent. And, you know, pressures from the outside, neighbors, you know, they're kind of, um, they just kind of, they, they lost their focus. And then God sends Haggai in to deliver a message to them. And so in chapter 1, verse 2, you want to put it up there? says, thus says the Lord of hosts, these people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord. Then the word of the Lord came to came by the hand of Haggai, the prophet. Is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses while the house lies in ruin, while this house lies in ruins? Now therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown much and harvested little. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but you never have your fill. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages does so to put, put them in a bag with holes. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up to the hills and bring wood and build this house, that I may take pleasure in it, and that I may be glorified. Says the Lord, you look for much, and behold, it came to little. And when you brought it home, I blew it away. Why, declares the Lord of hosts, because of my house which lies in ruins, while each of you busies himself with his own house. Therefore, the heavens above you have withheld their dew, and the earth has withheld its produce. And I have called for drought on the land and the hills, on the grain the new wine, the oil, on what the ground brings forth, on man and beast, and on all their labors. This cut us. There we, there we are sitting in our paneled house. In a, in a life that, um, that we had built for ourselves. Well, God was calling us to build his house. And uh, Haggai goes on to, to talk about how the people are obedient. And they go up to the hills. They get the wood. They come down and they go back to the task that God created them for. That God sent them back to, to Israel for. And it says, God stirred up the heart. Stirred up the spirit of, the, of this remnant of people. And... Um, and to me, that's a, that's a picture of revival. And um, uh, so this was, this was definitely a turning point for us. Um, you know, we were convicted. Uh, we, we repented. Um, but really, what what occurred to us that at that time was 
we saw and were wrestling with um, the state of the American church, and it lies in ruins. There are, of course, exceptions, but um, yeah, the, the church is hurting, and we, um, we that day were, were clearly called to, to lay down our life, put that thing on pause, and uh, to go build his church, and that's, that's really why we're here. So um, God convicted us. We decided we're going to pray and fast, and it wasn't, it wasn't even, we're going to fast for a few days. I, I go to, night, to bed the night before. I didn't even miss a meal. I, I go to bed the night before and wake up in the morning. I did do the fast. But God showed up so quickly. One little, tiny little um, act of obedience, and God shows up. And I wake up in the morning, have three voice notes from people in Africa that had no idea we were even contemplating this. Um, and so here we are. Um, and kind of the thing I really want to encourage you guys on this morning is... Um, the reason we're here is, yes, to learn from Andrew. I've been super blessed to be able to spend a lot of time with him and guys like Chad and Monet. Um, but really, God has sent us here to learn uh, how to be the body from you guys. Um, this thing does not happen without each saint playing its part so the body grows. And that is the most powerful thing to us is is walking in here and, and feeling the, um, I'm getting ahead of myself because I'm going to talk about hospitality, but um, I, we are learning from the things that you guys are doing. And, um, and it's the most powerful statement. Ephesians 4 says, when each part of the body does its job, the body grows. And I'm, I'm here to tell you that um, that's, that's what we're here. That's been the most impactful thing for me in general is learning from, from you guys. And um, we are going back to California in January to plant a church that looks like you. Not just looks like your leaders. It looks like you. And, um, and thank you. Um, and just a, a kind of a little side note is, um, you know, we've talked about us being from America a lot. Uh, but Andrew always likes to talk about how um, his quote, I think he gets it from someone else, but it says, when America sneezes, the world catches a cold. And we've seen that a lot um, throughout, the, throughout the years, and uh, I just kind of want you guys to remember, uh, as you keep an eye on our journey, um, I really do think that, that what we are seeing here, I, I actually think we are seeing revival here in South Africa, true revival. Um, if you look at the, the velocity at which people are being saved and added to your body, um, congregations being planted, people being baptized, people being actually discipled into the roles that God has, um, has, has made for them so that they go out and produce fruit and it goes on. But it's, there's this velocity happening right now that I, I don't know what else to call it, you know, um, rather than revival. And it's, it's breaking out. It's breaking into, you know, into Europe. Uh, uh, it's going to break into America. I know it because I know that when we go model what we've learned from you, it, the thing is going to catch fire. There's, people want the truth. They want the truth. They want, they want, the, what, um, they want to be a part of what, 
what God truly made us to be. And, um, and um, that's what we're going for. So, um, so there's, there's many values. Uh, Josh Jan lets to talk about values a lot. There's many values that, that we see. I'm going to share a few of them. Um, not all of them, obviously, for the sake of time, but um, all of them can kind of be tied back to Acts 2.42. 47, um, which I'll read to you. Um, it says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, the breaking of bread and the prayers, and awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. All who, were, all who believed were together and had all things in common, which Chad talked about earlier. I mean, we, that's, that's, that's crazy talk in America. The, the, the level of accountability and really actually living a life. We kind of we say it, but we don't live it that way. Um, sorry. Um, all who believed came together and had all things in common. They were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the, the proceeds to all as they had needed. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were. So the first thing I want to share, just three points. Um, the first value that's, that's been super impactful to me and my family is hospitality. Um, that's, that's an easy one, but it really encompasses really all the values. Um, and, and really all of Acts 2.42. Um, so we've experienced, I mean, we experience it every time we step into a Josh Jen church. We experienced it this morning, people coming up, asking us what we need, um, welcoming us. These guys came, welcomed us into their home. Um, we've got four loud, uh, energetic kids. Um, and they've been super gracious to us. When we moved here, we originally moved in with um, actually Andrew's sister, Jeanette, and brother-in-law, Jacques, um, who many of you guys know. And we were only supposed to stay with them for two weeks. And two weeks in, they basically say, we, like, we'd be super offended if you guys left us. And so they moved their daughters into their bedroom. Our, our kids move into their daughter's bedroom. And then we move into the guest bedroom with our son. And we've been living like that more or less for six months, which is crazy. <laughs> but this is, I mean, this is, uh, this is hospitality. This is the body being the body. And they have enriched us so much, guys. Um, they, say, they say we've enriched them. I don't know so much about that. But um, it's been such a blessing. Um, so second Second thing is just genuine worship. We just, we just experienced it this morning. That was incredible. I didn't want to stop. And um, the, the, the heart of worship to our Lord and Savior, um, just genuine pursuit of, of him in worship has been super impactful. Uh, last week, we were at Mossel Bay uh, in, the, in the AM, and we started worshiping, and one of the elders thought that uh, the Lord told him we should throw out the net. And, 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 um, and, and do an altar call. And seven people, before any preach, before anything, just a couple songs in, seven people give their life to Jesus. 
Yeah, just because of the witness of people worshiping through worship is just is beautiful. Um, the third thing is a commitment to following the Holy Spirit. That's an example of one of them. Um, another one is the first time I was ever supposed to preach uh, was in Sunningdale. Um, we, we start the service. We're a couple of songs in, and I'm just going, Lord, how am I going to preach this thing? Like, this, there shouldn't be any preach. And I kind of knew it. And a couple, couple minutes later, one of the elders comes over and goes, hey, let's just keep worshiping. I knew it was right. And same thing. We just kept worshiping. We actually worshiped for, I don't know, an hour and a half. Probably an hour and a half. And um, at the end of that, five people give their life to Jesus. <laughs> if, if you were in California, and I don't want to beat up too much on the American church, but this would be unheard of, guys. If, if you got your kids up, got them dressed, got them fed, rushed to, rushed to get to church, and we didn't entertain you with a great preach, you're not coming back next week. Um, but... Um, so just the willingness to follow the Holy Spirit and see the immediate fruit of it is, is, has been super impactful for us. Um, so accountability, I just write, wrote this down um, just now, but accountability. Chad talked about it in, when he was talking about finances. Um, accountability and finances is like sacrilegious to us. Um, and we very quickly after being here had... Actually, it was Jock and Jeanette approach us and say, hey, we want to talk to you about your finances. And it forced us into, I mean, we were, we were squirming. But it was, it was beautiful, and it was, it was freeing. And it wasn't, they weren't coming to us going, we're, we're your elders. We're going to you know, get an eye on your finances and tell you. No, it was, it was out of love. And um, it's actually it's something that's breaking, breaking something open for us. We're going back to a place where we don't, financially, we don't, we cannot do this in our own, especially when we're going to plant a church without me going back to business. Um, but just, just that, just the posture of accountability and done in love, it's, it's incredible. Um, so last week I was going around asking my family kind of their input on what's been super impactful. And my daughter Haley had an answer that I thought you guys would enjoy. And since we're all family here, yeah. Hello, I'm Haley. <laughs> um, I have to be honest, I did not want to come to South Africa um, for a couple reasons. I didn't want to leave my friends and my family, or I also had to leave my dog, which was really hard for me. Um, but I'm very glad that we did come so that we could have all this um, amazing South African family. <laughs> um, so the main thing that I, or one of the things that I see here in the Jostian churches is the worship. And um, it's uh, when, back in America, when worship came, I'd just kind of sing and just try to not fiddle around too much. And then, uh, as, my dad, as my dad said, we were staying with Jock and Jeanette, and they have a daughter that's my age. And we've become really close friends. Um, and so the first church service we came to uh, for Joss Jen, uh, worship came, and she was just jumping and lifting her hands. And it really inspired me to do the same. And it's um, really uh, made my, uh, my relationship with God different. So, yeah.
That's awesome. Um, yeah, we've seen we've seen a massive change in our our kids, guys. Uh, just one of the many blessings and ways that you guys have have really impacted us. Um, so, kind of wrapping up here, um, we. We thought we knew what it meant to be a part of the body before we came here. And um, we got here and realized that we actually didn't know. We actually didn't know what it meant to be, um, to, to, to really live the way we read about in Acts 2.42. We kind of had this, this Haggai moment, and you, you, we have that picture, and then we have Acts 2.42 pic, picture, and we kind of did this and just realized, man, we have so much to learn. Um, and so I hope this is encourages you guys. Um, this is, this is for us, God equipping us as for the works of the ministry, as is talked about in Ephesians four, um, which the purpose is, it is, uh, to build up the body of Christ until we reach unity and maturity and reflect the fullness fullness of Christ, which um, is something God's doing in us. Um, so as much as, as much as God has used you guys to show us, teach us what, a, what we think a, a healthy New Testament church is like, um, I think that there's a message in this for all of us. Um, as far as what God is trying to stir in us each now, and uh, and He wants us all to consider our ways, like it, it talks about in Haggai. Even Paul, uh, the Apostle Paul, who's responsible for a big chunk of Scripture um, and really laying the foundation uh, for how and why we do church the way we do today, um, he talks about in Philippians three, twelve to fourteen, how. Uh, how even at the end of his ministry, when he's accomplished so much, he still is going, that's behind me. I, I, we, are, we are looking forward. What is God doing? What, is, what does he want me to do to, sh- to strive? I think he used the word strive. Um, to strive towards the goal and to strive towards the work that he has in front of us. Um, he says, not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own. Because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So this is Paul taking a look back in his life, um, but, but, but not looking back at a job well done, looking forward. And so um, I just want to kind of ask you guys, what are the things in, in your lives um, that God might be asking you uh, to for, kind of forget what's behind? What are, what are the things that might be hindering you from, from hospitality or true worship or being reliant and following the Holy Spirit or um, accountability? That's a hard one. What are the things that, uh, that are, are, are keeping you from from striving forward for for what's ahead, because 
you know, even if we're, regardless of where we're at, whether we're elders or brand new or not even, not even in the body of Christ, um, God has a process of, of sanctification and, and, and growing us into more of what, and to, to being more and more like him, to be more effective in, in the work that he has for us. Um, so, kind of just in closing, um, maybe you're here today and, and you're kind of like Paul. You've been running hard, putting it all out there. Um, I just would encourage you to, to again, take inventory. What is, the, what is the ways that God might uh, want to tell you, consider your ways? Um, or maybe you're like us and uh, are sitting on your couch in your paneled house. And God might be calling you guys to, to really, again, consider your ways. Um, it, it probably looks, like, looks differently for each of us. But there is work to be done, guys. And, and even here in South Africa, I've, I've been hearing a lot about, you know, um, a lot of churches. I mean, this is a worldwide thing. The, the, the Lord's house needs to be built. That's going to continue until he returns. And there's work to do. Um, or maybe uh, you're here and you're actually not part of a church. Or maybe you're not part of the body of Christ and you're not um, someone who has accepted Jesus into your life um, and become part of this family that I'm talking about. Um, I think, that, I think that, that this message is also for you. And maybe, uh, maybe you've got something going on in your heart right now. Um, and maybe it's pounding, maybe your hands are getting sweaty, I don't know, but I think that God is reaching, is pursuing you right now, pursuing you. He wants you to be a part of this family that I'm talking about, the family that's impacted me, that I've been a Christian my whole life. I've been part of this body my whole life, but I am, I am pulled into more by what I'm, I'm seeing, and I know that God wants to bring each, and of, each of us into that, and if you've never um, given your your your, um, your life to Jesus, um, and he is speaking to you right now, I want you guys to, to, to really consider that, um, and, um, and, and know that, that turning from building your own life, and, um, stepping into the freedom and forgiveness, and, uh, and, and restoration and becoming part of his body is a life-changing thing, guys. There's, there's, there's power, um, there's truth, there's freedom in this. And so um, I want to just ask everyone this morning to... Let's close our eyes real quick because I want to give people an opportunity um, that if, if that is you and you feel God tugging on your heart, and you want to be a part of this body. You want to be a part of this family. And um, I just would encourage you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of read a prayer. And I'd encourage you to, to, to pray after me right now. Um, this doesn't have to be. This is a very personal moment, guys. I know that. Um, but this is, this is, again, this is God reaching out to you. So, Lord Jesus, I know that I've lived for myself I know that I've fallen short from living the life that you called me to live. Lord, I realize this falling short is sin. 
And I want to say I'm sorry and repent to you this morning. Lord, I acknowledge that you paid a price for my sin by dying on the cross. But then you rose from the dead in victory. And today you seated, you're seated on your throne. Jesus, I trust you and I want to follow you as my Lord and Savior. Jesus, come into my life and fill me with your spirit. And guys, if, if, if you did pray that prayer this morning... I don't want to embarrass you, but I would like you to raise your hand um, because as coming into this family, we, we want to know who you are. If, if that is anybody, um, we want to talk to you. We're not going to, we're not going to um, embarrass you in front of everyone, but um, if anyone did pray that prayer. just keep our eyes closed a little bit longer because I don't, I don't want us to miss the moment and I know we've sat here and it's been just so great to hear the journey of Chaz and the family and just what God has done in their hearts but to each and every one of us we're on a journey as well and at some point we're going to hit a crossroads and so maybe even this morning you hear and, and that crossroads you know you, you're, you're getting close to that crossroads But I don't want us to leave here without meeting Jesus. And so even as Chaz prayed, there's that sense of, you know, like, Lord, I've been doing things my own way. I've been doing things according to how I think things should be done. But now, this morning, I need to surrender to you. And so don't worry about the kids and the noise going around us because that's family. It's, it's messy. It's okay. Don't let that distract you. Just right now, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus and allow him to arrest your hearts. Because he wants to do that. So as Chaz prayed that, is there any, I just want to maybe ask it again. Is there anyone that just this morning for the first time in a sense, as, as he prayed that there was a sense of actually I need to make right with God. I'm not living for him. I'm not part of the family. I'm not part of the body of Christ. But there's a, there's a conviction. There's something in, inside of your heart's beating a bit fast, maybe feeling a bit sweaty, kind of thing, but you know that you actually need Jesus in your life. Is there anyone? Thanks, ma'am. Thank you. Awesome. That's amazing. See, it's incredible when Jesus encounters us. Eh? Isn't it incredible?